Thanks so much for watching our show. We really appreciate the support. It costs a lot to produce, so we're asking for donations and pledges here on Patreon. Thanks again. Hey, I'm Dr. Brad. Welcome to See It and Feel It with Dr. Brad. And I'm back with Jamal Hayes here. And we, we just did a little segment on cancel culture, and now we're going to switch to sports. And I don't know if you know, but this is my favorite week of life here. The uh -oh. Masters. The ah, Masters okay, is on. Special. Right? And so that's for those, for those of you guys that don't know, every April, around the second week of April, it's like usually 8th, 9th, 10th, something like that, in Augusta, Georgia, the Masters is the, the first male major of the year, um, the men's major of the year. And we got skimmed last year, right? And Did they manage to well, do it last they, year? Well, they put it together in the fall, but there were no fans, and it was a little flat. Dustin Johnson, who was number one player in the world, won the Masters, but it was really, he won it, like, you know, it wasn't even close, and there were no fans. It was flat. I was disappointed. Usually, I'm, like, so excited. It's, like, crazy because... The tradition they say on CBS, Jim Nance would say all the time, it's a tradition like none other, and I kind of like believe that. So what do you know as a layperson? You've been learning golf oh, over the past year with me, <laughs> but you're a relative layperson. So what do you know about the Masters? The Masters, I mean, I know it's a big deal. I'm, <laughs> I'm not so much into golf, but yeah. I'm, I'm in the business world. I know a lot of people that are, and they get super excited about the Masters and... You know, uh, yeah, it's so, hard to reach people sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, it's a so, big deal. Yes, um, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so the Masters have been going on, I, I want to say almost Clifford Roberts and um, uh, what's his name? Bobby Jones created the Masters, I want to say Augusta, Georgia, I want to say in the 1930s. Wow. Uh, it's been a long time that they've been playing the tournament. And it's just gotten better and better wow. every year. And now it's just something that they they now are doing. Like they did, like the I think the U.S. Women's Amateur was being played now on at Augusta National. And then they did the drive, chip, and putt contest with these little 11, 12, 13-year-olds and so on, the kids. And they did it at Augusta National. So it's just sort of growing in celebrity. Wow. But I wanted to, wanted to talk about... The first woman's major that of the year just last weekend, the Anna Inspiration in Rancho Mirage. We lived in the Coachella Valley in Palm Desert, maybe 20 minutes from this golf course in Rancho Mirage. And this woman, Patty Tawatonikit, Tawatonikit, I mean, that's more the way my wife <laughs> would pronounce it. They were saying Tawatonikit um, on TV, but my wife is Thai and she would say Tawatonikit. And so this woman was driving the ball over 315 yards wow. on average, right? Over wow. 315 on average, which is top male players in the world. Right. She's 21 years old from Bangkok, Thailand, right? And she just won the first woman's major going away with it after Saturday. I watched the whole round on Saturday, which I almost never do. And then I watched the whole round on Sunday. And this woman from uh, that, that used to be top in the world, Lydia Ko, shot a 10 under par 62 and almost caught Patty Tawatonikit. But Patty played so well. She was so tight. And she had such a big lead that she still won by wow. two shots. And it was like one of these experiences that like, where you're seeing like a star is born. Like right. this is like the next, 
one of the next top golfers is Ty. Um, and, you know, Tiger, Tiger Woods is half Thai. I was going to ask. Is, yeah, his is, mom's Thai. Is, uh, is golf a big thing in Thailand? Well, there's three or four women golfers that, um, uh, that are top, like, 50 in the world for oh. women. For women. The Asian golfers are, are just, like, the Koreans um, dominate women's golf in general. There's, like, I think they have four or five in wow. the, of the top ten in the world. And then you have Japanese golfers and Chinese golfers that are also, you know, inside the top 20 or so. Wow. So the, 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 it's just really, there's just so much on the ladies tour that where those countries, um, Thailand, Korea, Japan, and China, um, are, it's amazing just how good they are. And then wow. we have Lexi Thompson and we have other female golfers that are American that are top 20 or something. But it's not like the men and, you know, it's a little bit different. It seems like in ladies golf, the top 20, 30 are really good and can win. Whereas in, men, in, in, the, in the male sport, like, you know, in men's golf, it's almost like the top 100 are that good. Right. Wow. So there's just more. You know, the competition right. is so severe to be, right. to make it to the PGA tour is so intense. So wow. what are your thoughts on all this? <laughs> That's I'm a lot. hitting them with a lot of golf. That's a lot. So are there less female competitors overall? I don't know if there's less. I just feel like it's not as severe yet in terms of the competition. Right. Right. Because the Symmetra tour is underneath the, um, it's the feeder tour for the LPGA tour in America. And then you have the Corn Ferry Tour. And my guess would be that the Corn Ferry Tour for the men, like the competition would be much rougher than the Symmetra Tour. Right? We interviewed a Symmetra yeah, Tour yeah. golfer here for our podcast. Yeah. Right? Um, but this new up and coming star is what I got really excited about because it's like you're just, I was watching something very special. Like, so, is that one of the big tours, like how we have the four, um, the four for men's, the masters, the. Uh, yeah, so for women, you have the Anna Inspiration. Anna is a, a Japanese airline, okay. right? A lot of people don't know that, right? Um, so they sponsor the first major. It used to be the Dinosaur um, Invitational or Dinosaur Classic or whatever that was. Remember that famous actress, Dinosaur, Bob Hope, Bing Crosby, all the ones that created the sort of desert communities there, like they made okay. the Coachella Valley yeah. famous. Anyway, they would hold this tournament. Dinosaur would host it, and they would hold that tournament. And then, like, somewhere in the 1980s, it became the first woman's major, major championship. And then they have the U.S. Open. They have the, um, the British Open. Okay. And then I think they have a, a PGA Championship as well, and they have one more. I don't follow the ladies' golf as much as I do the men's golf. But I think I was telling you last week when I was in Naples – um, I played golf with an 11-year-old and 14-year-old. Did I tell you this story? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this was an amazing... I have to say this story because it was so amazing. So I, I, I was playing with the 14-year-old who's one of the top golfers in the state of Florida. And we were playing against her 11-year-old sister and, and her dad. And this 11-year-old smoked us so bad. Like she shot 34 two under par and smoked us in nine holes. It was like, wow. it was incredible, the performance on this, on this little 11-year-old. What could she drive? She was just, you know, she was playing forward tees. We were playing further back. The 14-year-old the was hitting 250, like wow. just like me, like wow. really 250. Um, but the 11-year-old was playing forward tees, but she literally hit every drive down the middle, 
hit her hit her irons on the green, and then she made three birdies in nine holes. And she she had another probably two or three chances for birdies. Like, and literally, and this is this is also true. Is on the ninth hole, she literally turns to her dad, who wasn't playing that well, and she says to him, she goes, "Don't even bother." This is how tough this little that far ahead. Yeah. Well, that's, she knew <laughs> she had it. She had it. And he did. So it was pretty amazing. But when you play with kids that are that good and that focused, it's it's. Um, it's pretty amazing to watch because really golf, like every other sport, it responds to focus. So, right. right. That like what I say all the time, 15 seconds of hyper focus, and then you try to let go in between. Right. Otherwise people burn out. When's the last time you played a round of golf? Last time I played was with you uh, <laughs> in West Palm. <laughs> Wait, but you were filming though. Did you, did you, how many shots did you have? I don't think I you were playing that much. Yeah, yeah, I know. Do <laughs> mm. you yeah, want to learn after all of this, after this year, or are you going to hit the road? What's the What's the game plan? Well, I don't here? know. I don't know if we'll get into golf yet. We're We're <laughs> We're looking into traveling. Yeah, tell us about that. Tell um, us about the travel. Well, initially we were thinking of Bali, um, but with COVID and visa stuff, it's yeah. a little more complicated. Uh, Does the baby have a passport yet? Yes, we got his passport. We wow. got his passport last month. They have a three-month-year-old, and now he's got a passport. Yeah, he's two and a half. Now, what even. happens with the passport picture? How's that work? So when he's three, he still has a baby picture. Oh yeah, it's like a regular children's passport. So if you're under, if you're a minor, I think under eighteen or sixteen, it's uh, valid for five years. So it's a normal. So, so, when, so at age it's four, he's five, gonna yep. have a baby <laughs> picture <laughs> when he's it's traveling at age four. Picture. I don't even think he was a now what, when we you know, since we have a sports psychology podcast going here, what sport might you introduce your son to if you had to like if you someone was forcing you like cancel culture? Oh, yeah. like, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just, I mean, like, I've never gotten too much into sports. I played a lot with my friends as a kid. I think it's good just um, in terms of physical activity, coordination yeah, yeah. and um just learning uh, sportsmanship and learning the social aspect. Uh, I played like football. We play, you know, as kids, you play tackle football and oh yeah, totally. Who know, who know gear and <laughs> that's what we, that's what we did. Our yeah, games would basketball. end, by the way, when someone took a knee in the, in the eye, <laughs> right. an elbow or knee yeah, in the eye, and then it would end. And, but, yeah, yep. yeah. So <laughs> I, I mean, I like I, I appreciate good plays i appreciate good talent so if he's into anything i support it um but i i like football basketball um we'll see how he does with cricket cricket's a jamaican west indies yeah and cricket <laughs> you might have to explain to our audience a little bit i don't think we have an international audience yet it's a tough one and my guess is most americans are clueless around cricket i know it has something to do with yeah. like it's a little bit it's a cross between baseball and what? Baseball and, <laughs> and I don't know. No. Softball? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Are there you run bases back and you... forth between. Um, right. All right. So what is the cricket like thing? Baseball. What is that thing called? But instead of because in baseball you have a bat. What is that called? They call it a bat or a paddle sometimes. A what? Like hockey? No. No, it's not really like a hockey stick. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a straight. Imagine a bat. And it's yeah. thick and it's flat. No. So, did you grow up playing cricket? No. No. I still don't understand what did you it, but play I played in Jamaica, I definitely by the way. played cricket. When you lived in Jamaica, what did you play? Um, 
We're going to get off of cricket right now because it's too complicated. I'm to moving us off swam. of cricket right now. I, I swam. I snorkeled. Oh. Um, I ran. I was a runner. Wow. Um, Long distance or what? I mean, nah, you're I was le- younger. I was younger in Jamaica. Okay. Um, but in right. sports, when I was young, like high school, up until high school, I ran. Um, and what about in the Bahamas? What was your sport in the Bahamas? We're gonna running. we're gonna do international. Like we're gonna take us through sports running. and international. A sprinter. A sprinter. Yep. Wow. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> well, Jamaicans, Bahamians yep. are known for their like sprinting yep. and running, yep. right? In the Olympics. <laughs> By the way, we have the Summer Olympics coming up. Do you yep. get into that at all? Do you watch I, the Olympics? I, I do like I do like getting into it and like I like watching the sprinting. Um, yeah, sprinting is something like I definitely would get more into some sports if uh, if I could. Like just over time and skating, I've skated. Uh, just my knees hurt, and oh, knee, uh, yeah. so running is hard for me. It's hard for me to practice running yeah, for long distances. I'm totally. Um, and I have asthma, so doing stuff for like like trying to play a full game of basketball, like I yeah, start no, like, like wheezing. You suck air, but yeah, that's um, what we call so it. So like I'm like I'm good starting off, but like it's just it's yeah. Just, yeah it's I didn't even I don't know do you an, had asthma. I don't do the inhaler. Did thing. only years of yoga like yeah. like shift your <laughs> asthma? I think so. I think it yeah. definitely helped in just learning how to breathe and and control myself, control my nerves, and what is it, what causes asthma? We're getting a little off track here, but I'm just really curious. <laughs> That's a good one. No, They're it's like, important. I mean, you know, a lot of people that are into sports, you know, yeah, have they that. have they struggle with um, asthma and stuff. It's it's a constriction of I'm not a hundred percent on the anatomy there mm. and the physiology behind it, but it's a constriction of your lungs. Uh, I want to say the bronchioles. Mm. Um, but don't don't quote me on that. <laughs> no, we're not worried about that. But but so that so, so, so your lungs to tighten it? up basically, yeah. and it's hard to breathe. Right. Um, because you're you they're just so tight, it's hard to get air in and out. Mm. When normally your lungs are, they're like a balloon, they're, or like a like bellows. You ever see bellows that they stoke yeah, fires yeah. with? So it pulls totally. air in and pushes it out, and, mm. and so that's how our lungs, that's how the muscles in our abs work. Got it. Like bellows, it pulls the. So we make if you have asthma, it's going to be hard to play basketball and stuff like that. Where for, you got to sprint. Yeah, for. Did you ever have to do wind sprints and stuff like that? Like as a kid. Wind sprint? What's that? Wind sprints where you run up and down the court, or what? They just force you to run full. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, all of that, and I did uh, kung fu. I did. I started off in elementary school. I, I did um, taekwondo. Oh wow! And then in middle school. And I taekwondo did is what is that the Korean? Korean. It's Korean martial Korean, art. It's Korean. Korean like, striking based martial right. art. Is it similar to karate or no? Um, What's the distinction there? Similar, as we go I, I into know, many sports about, and many topics, I don't know too much about karate. Yeah. It's just like a, a capture, a catch me all. I talked to <laughs> I talked to Jamal as if he's an expert on a lot of things. Uh, as you, if you, if you guys can't tell, I'm an expert on a lot of things, but not sports. I'm a jack of all trades. He's. Not, I just found out he's kind of an electrician, or whatever. Was, like I had no idea. <laughs> you can do it all. <laughs> yeah, because we're yeah we'll get into the traveling aspect, but. Um, yeah, that'll be one of our future podcasts. How to set up the but yeah. I don't know too traveling. much about. I don't know too much right. about karate. The way I imagine it, yeah. um, and I and I'm pretty sure taekwondo is a little more explosive. I think so. I, I don't know why in my head I want to compare it to taekwondo. Mm. I don't know if that's just me. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, not taekwondo. Taekwondo to muay thai. Mm. Um, and muay thai is just the Thai form of martial arts. Striking well. art. Yeah. Right. And which one is it where you do more defensive, right? It's like you're learning 
how to jujitsu? Uh, no, not jujitsu. Uh, I mean, not jujitsu. Judo I mean, uh, is a judo. Japanese That's what I meant. Judo. judo, right? Where it's less. They say it's less striking and more like you know learning how to move. They say jujitsu is based a lot on um, principles from judo. Oh, got it. Uh, jujitsu is originally Japanese, and then Brazilian jujitsu developed. Mm. But um, judo is about using, and they do this a lot in jujitsu as well. But using your your opponents. Uh, body weight and their own energy against them. So if someone's coming at you, you don't c go at them. You channel right, their energy allowed. elsewhere, exactly. and that's that's the one where there's a lot of grapples and flips. Mm -hmm. That's where like um, you know a twelve year old girl could mm -hmm. flip a a two hundred pound man. You know, it's if just all does, leverage and it's yeah. physics really. She but puts it's her foot out the using, right way. <laughs> <laughs> using their energy yeah. against them. Right. And that's very defensive. And there's so many others. There's like Aikido, I think, which is mostly yeah. it's similar principles. And if you had to do it over here, like would, is there a sport you would like focus on? You know, because we've interviewed a, we've interviewed a lot of athletes, <laughs> and you know they have regrets, right? You don't strike me as the kind of person in general that has, you know, a lot of regrets. You know, because like you live more in the present moment than a lot of people do. But all of us, if we had to do things differently, like my twin brother, for example says, because we wound up with no size. You know, we graduated high school. <laughs> you know, I wound up 5'9", 170, but I graduated high school at 5'7", 130. And so we wound up playing baseball. We had no size. It went nowhere. He wished we had stayed with tennis because we were so good at age right. like 10, 11, 12. And then we quit to play baseball. And he kind of regrets it because in tennis, maybe we would have had a little you further more, of a chance. Had more potential. Right, maybe, you know, for college anyway. Right. But I don't know about beyond that. But is there something that you would have done differently? I definitely like, wish you... I did more running. Um, okay. Um, more running. Um, swimming is something. Swimming is a hit and miss. Swimming can be hard for me, yeah. but swimming is pretty good for your lungs and good for your now, body. How do you swim, swim with a, that? Yeah, nowadays, because like I nowadays, watched him swim with me wet. last summer. And I thought I thought we were gonna lose him. I thought he was gonna drown on me. I'm like, I'm thinking he's 28 years old. I'm like, I don't know how old I am. Why is this guy sucking air trying to swim? I mean, but I was, think his hair I didn't got have like it tied. It was out like a like a parachute. Like, like I started worrying about him, parachute. and I'm like 54 years yeah. old or whatever so now, I am. Now I, I gotta figure out <laughs> swimming again, um, <laughs> and with the tide and the waves and your hair's pretty light. I didn't realize it's, that. It's light. I've never really uh, like. It's just when it's wet. Um, yeah, it got really heavy, right? Yeah, Is that what it was? Um, yeah, way down. But yeah, if I were to do it again, that's a good question. Um, All right, maybe this will be one do. of the questions I ask that's a good our one. audience yeah, you know, each time. Uh, and there's another question I'm going to start asking. You know, what, you know, besides that's a good one, like what would you do over? And the other, the other question I want to start asking is how do you process fear? Fear. How do I process fear? Is that a rhetorical question or are you actually asking me now? I'm going to ask you that question just because I think it's a good um, question. We'll start asking everybody. Fear. Like what kinds of situations make you scared and how do you process fear? That's a good one. I, first of all, it's hard for me to, to identify fear. I usually combat fear, so I don't deal well with fear. First, like I don't, I'm not afraid of a lot of things, so I don't mm -hmm. feel myself as a fearful person. I I, I'm usually I agree calm that. in a lot of situations. Like I've been through a lot. I've been through natural disasters. I think the only thing I haven't been through is um, a volcano. No volcanoes. <laughs> I've been through I earthquake. Mean, 
haven't it's been crazy. through the tsunami, but I think hurricane and tidal waves is kind of kind of there. That counts. Um, tidal waves in particular. Earthquake. Um, that definitely counts. Um, terrorists, you name it, bombings. I've seen it all. So wow. I'm not really. People don't do. On the individual level, people don't scare me. Crowds scare me sometimes. Like if there's a right. crowd, like I've had this happen to me. Like there's a crowd, there's an explosion. My number one fear is like a stampede. Yeah. And like people just being unorganized. Yeah. And... Well, you're tall enough to handle the stampede, <laughs> but I mean, I, I'm fortunate, but it's still yeah, not but fun. Other people and are not. Yeah. No, and like totally. if you and and it's hard to understand this, but if you've ever been in a crowd, like it's kind of scary when you've ever been in a crowd so thick that. You have people pushing at you from all directions that you can literally pick up both feet. And yeah, you're just... that's pretty messed up. We all know that, you know, in <laughs> soccer games in Europe, people have died in stampedes. They have? I didn't know. Oh, that. yeah, totally. Oh, stampedes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, in stampedes, right? For sure. Um, um, that so reminds me people... of, like, the running with the bulls. I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I can't see you doing <laughs> no, I wouldn't so do I can't that. see you running with the bulls. <laughs> He's not scared, but it's just yeah, I'm not like scared. one of those things you just don't smart. sign up for. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't <laughs> like, seem like doesn't... a good idea. <laughs> no, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not scared of a lot of stuff, but people, I definitely kind of, I'm on edge. Um, but usually there's, there's certain scenarios, and I usually transform it. I usually lash back um so i'll either or that's fight or typical flight or flight i'll either fight or i will um so my fear turns into feelings of um and if like there's no actual fight it turns into anger or frustration and that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff totally. so i'm not so much fearful and as annoyed and frustrated and all this other mm -hmm. stuff or it turns into i just or like apathy i don't want anything to to deal with it. I don't like approaching things. I think that's from a, a common occurrence from longer exposure to fear. Like when you run yeah, fear apathy, over longer. Yeah. That you apathy. become like a, yeah. a like just yeah. whatever it's right. Yeah. Yeah. And the anger is a short term boost that you get. Yeah. Right. When you have to handle a situation that you're scared of. Right. Potentially. Yeah. And right. if you think of like practical use. Yeah. Yeah. Like practical, like using that energy in a productive way to, to get you out of a situation or, mm -hmm. You know, I, I like to think our physiology is working with us. You know what I mean? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I like it. So our emotions—if you're feeling fear—it's not something to be afraid of or something to to shy away from or well, I to think avoid. That's the more than anything, it's, I think it's a message. Yeah, but I think that's the message you want to get across, right? Again, you know, we do a lot of work with athletes, but it doesn't matter who you are. You want to learn how to process fear in a way that's healthy, right? right. And so first you have to be aware of it in touch with the fact that you're scared. Right. And then you want to be able to slow down, breathe. I know you breathe, <laughs> right? But a lot That's of people important. don't always breathe. Like, you know, so they, you know, cause then you can calm your nervous That's system huge. down That's and then, you know, important. not have to make a, a yeah, most of the time, unless you have to make a instant decision you don't want to you want to take yeah, your time yeah. if you don't breathe you then know, unless you have to your yeah. brain your whole body your, your nervous systems in fight or flight so that's what your nerve that's what your physiology is preparing you for fight or flight so if you're not breathing and changing that then that's your going to be your reaction i like it all right i'm dr brad i was here again with jamal hayes we've covered a wide range of topics but we really like this idea going forward of helping people address fear everywhere in their lives and to overcome it. Hey, thanks. Thanks for watching See It and Feel It with Dr. Brett.
and stay tuned for part two of this interview. Remember to like, subscribe, and share with a friend.